0: Blessed Lent, and a big welcome to this week's episode of The Divine Lantern. Under the blessing of His Eminence, Metropolitan Basilios, the Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese presents a podcast to educate, empower, and enrich. I'm your host, Atticus, from St Nicholas Antiochian Orthodox Church in New South Wales. In this week's episode, we'll be joined by Reverend Father George Matter from St Mary's Antiochian Orthodox Church in Victoria, who will be providing a sermon from the Gospel of Mark as read on the Sunday of St Gregory Palamas. This will be followed by short readings from our Philocalic Nourishment series as well as a selected chanting track. We will then conclude today's episode with a selected reading from our Orthodox Library.
1: Greetings in Christ, brothers and sisters, and hope you are having a blessed Lenten journey. Today's homily is from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 2, 1-12. It is the Gospel of the Second Sunday of Great Lent. And when Jesus returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together, so that there was no longer room for them, not even about the door and he was preaching the word of to them and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men and when they could not get near him because of the crowd they removed the roof above him and when they had made an opening they let down the pallet on which the paralytic lay and when jesus saw their faith he said to the paralytic my son Your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak thus? It's a blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question thus in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your pallet and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your pallet and go home. And he rose and immediately took up the pallet and went out before them all. So that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Brethren, by practicing Christian virtues, we are trying to have a Christ like life and to direct ourselves to God. Above anything else, Lent is an exercise in overcoming all the obstacles in order to come before the physician of our souls and bodies. Jesus Christ. Today's reading teaches directly to this important point. This Bible story is about people's faith and their effort to cross all the barriers to be in front of Christ. Wherever he was going, Christ was followed by a large crowd of people, but not because they were believers and they lived according to his gospel, but because they were just curious Later, most of these people would abandon him, turn against him, and even participate in the trial against him. During his saving mission, Jesus' headquarters were in Capernaum. The people of Capernaum always followed and listened to Jesus, even witnessed many of his miracles, but never accepted Jesus as the Messiah and their Savior. Their hearts stayed cold, unable, or unwilling to accept him and his gospel. They had the opportunity to see and listen to the Son of God and to witness so many miracles but they refused to accept him. Instead, they brought damnation upon themselves. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For, it, for if the mighty works which were done in you Had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Matthew chapter 11, 23 24. The news that Jesus came back to the house where he lived in Capernaum spread very fast. A large number of people gathered, so no one could come even near the house. Four men brought their paralyzed friend on a pallet, hoping that Jesus would heal him. The curious crowd didn't want to move aside and let them through. Brethren, the first obstacle on our path to Christ are people who are part of our life. Knowingly or unknowingly, they will sabotage our effort to reach Christ. There will lay many arguments as to why we should not go to the church. That is not necessary. It's enough to be a good man. You are not sick. Only sinners go to the church. That's a waste of time. There is no fun in the church. And many, many other excuses. That could also happen through gossip or laughing behind our backs. They will do and say many things just to make us feel uncomfortable until we stop fighting for our eternal life. If we do not overcome this obstacle, we will stay spiritually paralysed and never be able to reach Christ. Instead of giving up, these four friends climbed on the roof. Through the roof, they lowered the pallet with their friend in front of Jesus. Climbing on the roof, lifting their friend on the pallet, Making the hole big enough for the pallet, lowering their friend. All of this effort were the result of their great faith in Christ. This is a lesson for all of us that faith is not about having positive thoughts about God, but rather that true faith requires man to start working for his salvation, primarily on himself first. The meaning of climbing to a height in this case on a roof, is that we have to elevate our inner being above all worldly temptations, worries and problems. Instead of thinking about temporary things from this world, we should direct our mind towards God. Here, it is important to notice that while the roof above his head was being demolished, Jesus said nothing. One complained from Jesus and they could have come down from the roof. That did not happen because God wants every man to come near him. Also, Jesus could have asked the crowd to move aside or he could have come closer to them. But that did not happen either because he wanted to show the faith of these people to the unbelievers of Capernaum. The story continues to say, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, "'Son, your sins are forgiven.'" The great faith of the paralytic is obvious. He's going through all these troubles because he believes that Jesus will cure him. All of the people that carried him had visibly deep faith. We can clearly see the effort of this group of faithful people or this community of faithful people who care and carry one man to be healed. Because of their faith, Jesus will heal the paralytic. This is a lesson about how much a prayer coming from a community of faithful people, the church, can help someone in need. Christ knows that this man is paralysed, but the first thing he does is to forgive his sins, and after, to return his physical health. Why in that order? Because the purpose of Christ coming into the world is to liberate every man from sin, and to reconnect him to our heavenly Father. At the same time, Christ shows that for humans, sins are more dangerous than physical illness, because sins separate man from God, who is the truly and only source of life, and sins leads to eternal death. Through Adam's disobedience, sin entered into the world, and death through sin. But through the obedience of the new Adam, Jesus Christ, we receive justification. By forgiving the sins of the paralytic, Jesus was doing the more difficult things first, because forgiving sins is possible only to God. Then after forgiving his sins, Jesus also healed the physical illness of the paralytic, because the completely healthy man has to be both spiritually and physically healthy. Jesus called himself Son of Man, a safe title for him to use. The title was originally used by the prophet Ezekiel to describe himself. He wanted to show that he was an ordinary person. Likewise, Jesus called himself Son of Man to remind his disciples that he was a person just like them. The term was also used in the prophecy of Daniel to describe a figure with authority from God. Many people connected this prophecy with the idea of the coming Messiah. The scribes know very well that God is the only one who can forgive sins. That is why in their hearts they see that as a blasphemy. They refuse to accept Jesus as God. It did not fit their view of God. It became an issue of faith of belief. Brethren, this passage raised the question of who was the paralyzed man. It was not the man lowered through the roof. He left with his sin forgiven. It was not the men who brought their friend to Jesus. They carried, climbed, removed, and lowered. These actions require some type of faith which Jesus affirmed. That leaves us with the scribes. While they appear to have all their physical capabilities, their lack of faith paralyzed them spiritually. The problem wasn't what they understood. The problem was their willingness to act on what they understood. That Jesus was God. In the words of Paul, these men were dead in their sin, and unwilling to approach the one who could make them alive. The God who forgives sins while standing in the middle of this crowd in the flesh, and once paralysed man walked away forgiven, while a group of scribes walked away paralysed spiritually, it all came down to who placed their faith in Jesus and who did not.
0: Thank you, Father George, for that powerful message. Now, a reading from the Philokalia. Take your weekly spiritual dose and reflect on the words of our Holy Neptic Fathers with this week's Philokalic Nourishment.
2: Spiritual freedom is released from the passions. Without Christ's mercy, you cannot attain it. St. Thalassios the Libyan
0: If you fail to receive grace, it is because of your lack of faith and your negligence. If you find it again, it is because of your faith and your diligence. For faith and diligence always conduce to progress, while their opposites do the reverse. St. Gregory of Sinai
2: Sometimes men are tested by pleasure, sometimes by distress or by physical suffering. By means of his prescriptions, the Physician of Souls administers the remedy according to the cause of the passions lying hidden in the soul. Saint Maximus the Confessor
3: On March 25th, in the Holy Orthodox Church, we celebrate the Annunciation to Our Most Holy Lady, the Theotokos, and ever-Virgin Mary. The angel announced as son to the Virgin, the great angel of the Father's great council. On the 25th, the angel spoke of joy unto Mary. When the All-Holy Virgin was entering her 15th year, after having spent 11 years of living and serving in the Temple of Jerusalem, the priests informed her that, According to the law, she could not remain in the temple, but must be betrothed and enter into marriage. The All-Holy Virgin surprised the priests when she told them that she had dedicated her life to God and that she desired to remain a virgin until death. Then, Zacharias, the High Priest and father of the forerunner, under the inspiration of God, betrothed the Virgin Mary to Joseph of Nazareth to preserve her virginity and to care for her. When the fullness of time had come, as prophesied by Daniel the prophet, and when God was pleased to fulfill his promise to the banished Adam and to the prophets, the Archangel Gabriel appeared in the chamber of the All-Holy Virgin. As some priestly writers wrote, Precisely at that moment when she held open the book of the prophet Isaiah and was contemplating his great prophecy, Behold, the Virgin shall be with child and bear a son. Gabriel appeared in all of his angelic brightness and saluted her. Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. And the rest in order as it is written in the Gospel of Luke. This annunciation and the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the Virgin, leading to the incarnation of our Lord, began the salvation of mankind and restoration of all creation. Through the intercessions of the most holy Theotokos and of all your saints, O Christ our God, have mercy upon us. Amen. This coming Sunday, the second Sunday of the fast, we make remembrance of our Father among the Saints, Gregory Palamas, Archbishop of Thessalonica. The spring of light now leads to light unwaning, the light's own truly great and resplendent herald. This Divine Father was born in Asia, and was brought up from infancy in the Royal Palace of Constantinople. When he was of age, Gregory left the palace and gave himself to asceticism on Mount Athos. He eventually moved to Thessalonica to seek cure for the diseases he contracted because of his asceticism and piety. In 1349, he was elevated to the Episcopacy, tending to his people in an apostolic fashion for 13 years. He is glorified as an ascetic, a theologian, a hierarch and a miracle worker, who forsook a prominent secular lifestyle to take up his cross and follow Christ. The Most Holy Theotokos, St. John the Theologian, St. Demetrius, St. Anthony the Great, St. John Chrysostom, and angels of God appeared to him at different times. Through his intercessions, O Lord Jesus Christ our God, have mercy upon us. Amen.
4: O star
0: And now, a reading from our Orthodox Library.
2: Receiving the Gift A chapter from A Beginner's Guide to Prayer The Orthodox Way to Draw Closer to God By Michael Kaiser O Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God Have mercy on me, a sinner The Jesus Prayer is a great gift that comes to us from our fathers throughout the centuries But like any gift, it must be opened and used to be really appreciated. It is a rich part of our Eastern Christian heritage and has led to the sanctification and illumination of many, opening them more fully to the active and energetic presence of the Holy Spirit. This gift is given not only to the Church as a whole, but to you personally, under the guidance of your Spiritual Father, to be used, to be prayed. To become a part of life. Under the guidance of your spiritual father, you will learn how you should pray the Jesus prayer. The prayer may be used at assigned times in the day, or it may be used in times of quiet, particularly when you are involved in some activity that frees you from talk. This may be some repetitive activity in the home, or it may be when you are driving, particularly when the traffic is not causing inner turmoil. The prayer can fill your heart when you are being kept on hold on the telephone or waiting in some office for an appointment. The prayer may be prayed when you wake up in the morning or before going to bed. You may even want to wake up in the night and pray in the quiet of darkness. The only way that this can happen is for you to take to heart the words of our fathers and begin to gradually repeat these words to yourself to let the prayer become a part of you, like the beating of your heart or the breath of your lungs. Then you can share in this gift, and thus attain a more constant recollection of God and openness to his presence, to whom be glory, honour and praise, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto the ages of ages. Amen.
0: As we come to the end of this week's podcast, we bring you some exciting news. With the blessing of his eminence, Metropolitan Basilios, the Department of Music presents the Antiochian Byzantine Music School. This will be a wonderful opportunity to train, develop and grow your Byzantine music skills. New applicants will be assessed based on their current Byzantine music knowledge and it's aimed for students aged 16 to 50 years old. If you're interested... If you're keen, if you'd like more information or to apply, please see us at www.antiochian.org.au forward slash abms. That's www.antiochian.org.au slash abms. A big thank you to all our listeners as we conclude this week's episode of The Divine Lantern. Be sure to subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast provider, For more information on our Archdiocese, follow us on our social platforms by searching Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese Australia. Blessed Lent, and bye for now.